Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. You're a mystical man. Lead us through.
has a new book, as I just said, called A Mindful Morning. Start each day with a clear mind and an open heart. I actually read from this every day now. It's part of my uh, list of books, not list, but books that I actually use every morning. Uh, he teaches uh, um, philosophy, religion. He's a Ph.D. Uh, and teaches ethics at the University of South Carolina, Aiken. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, his book takes a... a Okay, good. It takes a inspiration from a variety of sources, including ancient philosophers, modern scientists, Christian mystics, and Taoist masters. I love that. Uh, that's what I love about his book is it's a little bit of everything. Our guest today, Dr. David Dillard Wright. Good morning, David. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I just love what you did with this book, but I want to talk about the idea of mindfulness, which is really what you're talking about in your book, why should we cultivate it? What is it, what is the definition of mindfulness to you? I think that mindfulness is paying attention in the present moment, trying to bring all of your attention to bear on whatever you happen to be doing at the time, which on one level sounds easy, but is also very hard in our society, mm. which is so those distractions and we're always thinking about the past or the future. It, it can be hard to tune into this exact moment that we're living in. So that's what I hope, hope the book will help people to do by establishing themselves in the practice. The first thing in the morning when they get up to do the reading, to maybe do some deep breathing, to do some meditation, it establishes a baseline for the day so that if you're doing the practice when you rise in the morning, then it will become easier throughout the rest of the day to to focus into the present moment. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, I I tend to teach that as well. That that taking a f- gosh, I mean, I I try to encourage um, David people just to give sixty seconds, uh, give their life sixty seconds, and you know I. You think I always think about that poor person that works downtown Manhattan, and um, um, you're at, we ask them to meditate or to quiet their mind, and all they're hearing is rah, rah, rah. I mean, it's just loud, right. you know. Right. And I think about that person, um, and and that's why I say, you know, give yourself sixty seconds, and it really is important to do it in the morning, right? Yes. And I, I wrote another book called uh, Meditation for Multitaskers. And in that book, I, I started the exercises out at one minute, and they went up from one minute all the way to an hour. But there were some things in there that you could do in 60 seconds. And I think, you know, the exercises in this book, I don't know. I mean, you, you could take an hour with it if you, if you wanted to, but you could also just, you know, actually read the, the page for the day and probably wouldn't. Mm. So um, I tried not to put – specific time requirements on the exercises because I wanted it to be flexible so that people could build it into their lives. You know, people, some people may already have, maybe they already have an hour of practice in the morning, but probably most people don't. So they can, you know, sort of fit it into their schedule, whatever that schedule might be. You're so right about that. Um, We live in a world that is so fast. Um, And, and, I really appreciate the way that you wrote this particular book, Mindful Morning, because it's not it's 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 really short and sweet. You 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 give whatever it is that you're uh speaking about 
That, now, how, let me ask you a question. I, I use the book every day. I told you I loved it. I, I, I think it's got – I love the fact that you do use ancient philosophers, modern scientists, Christian mystics, Taoists. Uh, I love that, that it's kind of multi-generational, multi-cultural in terms of the, the type of information that, that you you bring to the table. Um, and and I, I – how can a person – I mean, I guess what I'm trying to ask is like, I'm still thinking about that person in Manhattan. How, how do we get that person to even do, give us 60 seconds? I mean, really, if they just read the page, I think they'd get something out of it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I used to live outside of New York City, and I would see people on the train. I mean, even if you're standing up on a train, I mean, you could still, you know, do some deep breathing and practice some meditation. You could meditate on the, you know, the clacking sound of the – subway cars just as much as you could sit on a peak in the Himalayas, right? Um, it just That's wherever right. you are making, making that into a meditation, no matter where you happen to be. But I think that over time, as more, as more and more people begin to practice and more and more people get into mindfulness, then it creates sort of a field effect where we give each other permission to do this practice. And as we give each other permission, it starts to shift the culture. So already a lot of big companies are, our mm-hmm. mindfulness sessions and things like that. So I think as more people begin to practice, hopefully it's, it just becomes a normal thing that you're allowed to, to take time to meditate, uh, especially when the, the benefits become more and more demonstrated by science. And you can see that your thinking is more clear. You're making better decisions. You're more creative. You, you have fewer health problems. So I think to me, it just makes sense. And, I mean, as long as you don't want to be able to levitate or, you know, um, <laughs> do telekinesis or something, I think if you just are after the everyday benefits of it, then I think, then I think it's something that everyone can do. So, you know, it's funny you brought up um, uh, the business world, and and there's a number out there, and I don't know if you know this number, but I I found it through some research, fifteen hundred trillion dollars go wasted every year in in big business around the world due to the distraction of an employee and they actually missed they actually added all this the the moments up of a, within a day within a month and a year but every year an individual person that's distracted and not mindful loses 52 days of productivity that's a pretty I, big number. I totally, I totally believe that. I mean, you, you have yeah. to wonder though if, if they, is that person in the right job? If, <laughs> exactly. if you know, if they're constantly seeking distraction, then there's something that's wrong there. Like they, they maybe need to sort of gradually transition to something that's more satisfying. Mm-hmm. So, well, and I think that's part of the problem. Is that we, you know, one of the things that I shared in a in a. Um, speech I gave uh, last year in Manhattan was we've we've so disconnected from our humanness. We, we've disconnected to that thing that connects us to the Apus, the mountains, um, that connects us to ourselves, which is why I think this book is so powerful. Um, and, and I love what you said a little bit ago about, um, you know, we're starting to, as a society, you know, and, and I'm okay with, with big business saying, I'll do it as long as it makes me money, as long as they do it, because the benefits are so big. 
in so many different ways. But I want to ask you a question because I get this question a lot, and I want to I want to get your perspective. What's the what is the difference between mindfulness and meditation? To me, when I think about meditation, I think about a formal practice of of sitting and perhaps chanting or doing breath control where you're actually seated and that's really the only thing that you're doing. And I think, I think that meditation provides the foundation for mindfulness. So ideally we would all have some set aside times for, for silent meditation, hopefully for, for chanting from scriptures or for just reading scriptures um, or, you know, whatever inspirational uh, reading that you do, that that's sort of the foundation for mindfulness practice throughout the day. So if you don't have at least some time set aside for silent listening or silent contemplation, uh, it will be hard to, it's not that it's impossible, but it's much more difficult to practice mindfulness throughout the day when you don't have that baseline foundation. So, mm. I, yeah, so I do recommend having at least some time where you are, are doing nothing but meditation and that, and that way, later on, when you're on the train commuting or, or driving or, or even working on a spreadsheet or something, you can, you can be mindful working on the spreadsheet because you were mindful in the morning when you got up and, and did a few minutes of silence. Or maybe you can do it on your lunch break. Uh, this book is about the morning, but um, you, there's, really no, there's nothing restricting meditation to the morning hours. So whenever it is in your schedule that you have a little break, you, could, you can sit down quietly for some time set aside for silence. I like that. I, I actually tell people, because I, I, I do get the question, when do you meditate? <clears throat> Sometimes I meditate um, throughout the day if I have an, um, the ability to do that. I, I do it every morning, but I'm mindful all day long and, right. and staying in the moment. Do you have a practice that maybe you could um, share with the listeners that could keep them? Because that is, that is the problem with our society today is I don't know the number, but it's huge in terms of the amount of, of bombardment of advertising and stuff that we have on a daily basis and, you know, from our computers and our phones. Is there a practice that you um, teach that would help people throughout the day that doesn't require closing their eyes and, and while they're driving? <laughs> You know something that that they can do yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have to. Cl- yeah, you don't have to to close your eyes at all. But just um, try to set aside the thoughts of what happened yesterday, what happened two years ago, that thing that happened to me when I was a kid. Thinking about okay, what is in my life today? What is in my life right at this hour and at this moment? And instead of so, instead of having fifteen windows open on your computer. Could you maybe have mm. one window open on your computer? Can you turn off all the buzzes and the dings, you know, and just focus on that one task? And if that one task that you're working on is not the most important one, then skip to the one that is the most important, you know. So um, I, I also just recommend getting out into nature if you can uh, because yes. because if you can go to a park or something or if you can just be around some trees and and just, just breathe deeply – where there's not as many advertisements, there's not as much traffic noise, uh, also, you know, not as much pollution, you know, just, it's just good to get out into nature, even if it's 10 minutes on your lunch break. Um, I think it's really beneficial. So they, they, there's, there's, re, there's literature on it in, in psychology. I think it's called the green effect where mm. people who, people who go for a walk in nature are less stressed 
than people who go for a walk down a, a city street. So, you know, even if you live in New York City, you've got, you know, one of the most beautiful parks in the world, you know, Central Park. Oh, gosh, yes. And it, so, so, I mean, hopefully everyone has at least some green space that they can get to within a few minutes' time. And even if it's only five or ten minutes, you get a lot of benefit out of just being around nature. So hopefully we can all be like that at some point, but, but, you know, um, <laughs> just in right. the backyard is, is, is something. So. Yes. Take off your shoes and put your feet in the grass. That's absolutely, you know, absolutely. I like to lay yeah, in my you know, yard. You, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my kids, we lay on the front yard. We look up at the trees and the squirrels. We have hammocks. It. We hang out. The, we hang the hammocks out in the front yard and we just lay in the hammocks and look up at the trees. So I think I love it. Really relaxing. And yeah. It's, it's well, you know, you said something we, a minute. Yeah. It's a little bit sad that we would need that reminder, but we do need, we do need that reminder. So. Well, we live in a very crazy a crazy world. I mean, uh, yes. it is what it is, right? Um, exactly. I think that's it's the that's, situation I think that, that we're living in. Yeah, and I think that w- this is even more the reason why your your book is so important. Now, you you have another book coming out. It's kind of interesting. That's kind of the the sequel to this one. Well, tell us about it. It is called A Mindful Evening. It is already written, and it's at the publisher. And it oh, will nice. come out. I think it's coming out, and it's scheduled to come out in January. So it's the companion volume to this one. And instead of being about preparing you for the day, it's about winding down from the day and kind of mm-hmm. – whatever did or did not happen during that day, sort of setting it aside and helping to get into a calm and reflective uh, state of mind so that you can, so that you can have a relaxing evening. So it's going to be very similar to this one. It's, um, it's the same, uh, you know, it's kind of square. The cut of the book is square and it's Mm -hmm. very pretty. You know, you could put it on your coffee table or on your bedside table and, um, it, it has the same thing with, with readings from different philosophers and authors with a reflection for each day and an exercise for each day. So that'll be out in in January. Well, we'll Somebody definitely have to do another interview. That. Yeah, we'll have to do oh, another great. interview. I'd love and, to come and, on the show again. I really like what you're yeah. doing, you know, getting, getting people on a positive path in life. And I think what you're doing is really beneficial. So I, I really Thank like you. I was listening to some of the archives. I'm just just really uh, delighted to be on the show. Thank you. Thank you. We all, we love having you. And of course your, your book is right up my alley in terms of, you know, um, as I was saying a minute ago, the thing about accepting life is that, you know, whatever our day brings to us, it brings to us. And, and what, you know, I was just sharing with someone the other day, uh, David, you'll appreciate this. Um, they were upset because they only had $15 in the bank and, and they were stressed out about their bills and they just went on and on. I finally said, you know, what's interesting about your $15? I said that worrying is not going to change it. The truth is you have $15 that, that that's the truth. Face it. Mm -hmm. Um, But in order for you to change that in the present moment, you must be in that moment. Because worry comes from being, as you were saying earlier, being stuck in the past or in the future, which is, you know, face the fact that you only have $15, but the only place you have the power to change it is in the now, and you're not even in it. And and, and that's what your your book helps us do in the morning is to help us stay in the now. Now, you have a crazy name to your website, <laughs> 
So I'm going to let you yeah. say it and spell it so that people can go to your website and check okay. out all, all the other wonderful books that you have. Sure. It's called the Anahata Chakra Satsanga, the Heart Chakra Society. What I tell um, you. I I'm pretty <laughs> sure if you Google Heart Chakra Society, it will come up. But anyway, it's A N A H A T A C H A K R A S A T S A N G A. So <laughs> it is kind of long, um, but it's, it's the Heart Chakra Society, and it's where I, I you know, I, I, I do belong to a spiritual tradition that um, comes from uh, from Assam in India, and I, I do have gurus, and I, and I do follow their teachings, but I, I post, you know, spiritual teachings there from time to time. So um, you can check out the website, but if you read the book, um, for those of you who are reading the book, I would really love to hear what you're getting out of it. Uh, so there's a Twitter handle, which is um, hashtag a mindful morning. And if you use that hashtag, I'll be able to see, you know, what you're saying about the book. Or you can also, you know, if you write a review on Amazon, I would love it so I can hear what people are getting out of the book. That's a, that's a good idea. I'm glad you said that. I'm going to do both for you uh, because oh, I, you. I, I don't know if some of the other shows that I've done since I received your book have started with your book. And so oh, uh, because, because I really like it, I, I like to start off every show as I did today with some sort of a thought. Um, you know, I, I, I cherish the idea that people are taking time in their morning um, to spend time with us and listen to our show, and I appreciate that. And and sometimes I I even will teach Tonglen or something that helps them. And 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 this book I have read from many times since I've received it at the beginning, even telling them that I will have you on the show soon. <laughs> so now you're here. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's been a it's been a few months in the planning, and I'm glad we were able to make it work out. So yeah, me I, too. And and we'll, and we'll definitely do. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna definitely do the um the second book because uh, I think that the evening um is important and, and I think it's important because um I've shared with people that um a lot of people that don't sleep well or a lot of people that maybe have nightmares um uh are in that position a lot of times because they have fed their subconscious mind and their mind garbage before they went to bed. And and it continues to try to solve the problems of the day. And and mindfulness in the evening, for me, is just as important as the mindfulness in the morning. Uh, and for me, it's very simple, David. I mean, it in the morning, obviously, I, I spend between 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, but in, at night, it's as simple as before. I mean, but every night before I close my eyes and fall asleep, I just say thank you for another day. And that quiets my mind, and I go to sleep. Sure. And I'm excited that you're that you've written this next book because I don't think I've ever heard of a book that's been written for evening mindfulness, and it's so important for a good night's rest that your mind, if it's going to solve any problems, that it solves nice problems, <laughs> that it meditates or focuses on things that that are nice, not things you know. I, I I tell people. Yeah, go ahead. If you can, if you can kind of set it set it aside in the evening, and sometimes when you're taking your shower in the morning or whatever, then an idea will come to you that maybe it doesn't solve the problem entirely, but it but it certainly is part of the solution. So uh, mm-hmm. sometimes the mind works better when you're not so intensely 
worried, you know, you can get out of that worry mode and into a more relaxed mode and the solutions will just come to you seemingly out of nowhere, which is quite nice when that happens. <laughs> I actually love that, you know, and, and again, going back to mindfulness is that um, learning to be in the moment rather than caught up in the fear of yesterday and the, and the fears of tomorrow um, really we have the capacity to, to if we if we have the capacity to listen, um, we those answers are there. I think we cloud them up with our crazy um, need for control um, right. of our thoughts or, or ideas. And usually the answer, at least for me, um, is not something I would have thought of, or something that I discounted or or um, didn't pay attention to. Um, because I was too busy controlling. <laughs> so um, that's right. And I think when wow. I, when I'm doing the writing as well, if I can, if, if I think, okay, this is my book, I have to get down my ideas, then that's not going to work. So I have to kind of like nope. attack and just become I've just become like a scribe, you know, just just write down the the, the words as they occur to me. And I I mean I actually don't think that they come from myself. I think that there's a kind of mind to the universe itself and we're just we're all participating in this one universal thought process and we're all part of it so when you, when you think about it that way it kind of takes some of the pressure off and you don't have to you don't have to think so hard about about expressing yourself and, and being who you are and you you become really sort of an instrument of nature and nature is nature is using you to get a point across but but Mm. You're you're sort of the recipient of that of that knowledge, and, and not the author per se. It's just sort of flowing right. through you. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, I, I opened your book again on page 173. It says, "Do not get taken by your own thoughts." One of the hallmarks of experienced meditators is their ability to experience negative emotions without necessarily getting caught up in them. This skill has a significant implications for the treatment of common forms of psychology, particularly mood and anxiety disorders. And that was a Michael Treadway, neuroscientist, and Sarah Lazar, psychiatrist. Such good stuff. I mean, folks, uh, go out and get this book. Order. Uh, I don't know if it's on on um, um, what's the the book um, a Kindle or not, it's but get all. get a copy. Good. All formats. It's, it's go to Amazon. Yeah. yeah, go to Amazon, get the book. Um, any last thoughts before we leave? It's, it's amazing how quickly time goes. Just just, just go out there and, and spend a few peaceful moments of reflection, and that will make me extremely happy and happy for all of you. And, folks, if, if, if you get a chance or you have this book and you want to send a message, it's hashtag a mindful morning for Twitter. And then again, if you have a moment, uh, go give him a, a review. We're going to have him back when his next book comes out on my, uh, a mindful evening, because uh, I want to know more about that too. David, it's a pleasure having you on the show, and good luck on all the things you're doing. And uh, relax in that hammock, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. It's been wonderful. You bet. Have, have a, a good day. one.
be open to receive the magic 